Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. everyone and welcome to another episode of excess press my name is matt and i'm the host of this disney theme parks news podcast this is episode 153 where we once again bring you another interview with a cast member So we have a very special show for you guys today. This is actually part one of an interview with Carly, who is coming on the show. Uh, She worked at Walt Disney World for many, many years, and so she has a very extensive career. And uh, I asked her, hey, would you want to come on and do this for for two different parts? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So um, this part one, you're going to learn a lot about the early parts in her career working uh, over in the Magic Kingdom. And as well as uh, doing some merchandise stuff, as well as some entertainment. So there's a lot going on over there. Uh, And then next episode, uh, you'll have to hear what we're going to talk about in the next episode later on. So yeah, very excited to get this episode to you guys today. So uh, you know what? Why don't we just jump right into it and begin this episode of the Excess Press Podcast. On today's show, we have Carly from Orlando, Florida. Carly, how are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. How is it in Florida? How is everything going down there with you guys? <laughs> everything is pretty good, all things considered, uh, amid the the pandemic that we are living in. It's very hot. We are home. We are hoping to get in the pool this weekend to cool off, so feeling blessed with that. But, you know, we are doing good, missing Disney, and since it's closed right now, but you know, all things considered, we are hanging in there. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and with the heat coming up, I know it's starting to get a little bit warm for you guys. So the pool's nice. I'm up here in New Jersey. We're just waiting for the warm weather. Today's really nice. April's been, April's been more of like a March like month for some reason. It's been kind of gross. So I'm waiting for that warm weather. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but cool. So, well, since you're so, since you're near Disney, like I got to ask like, how often do you go to, uh, Disney? So that's um, a great question, and we do go frequently. Um, many of my close friends kind of uh, make fun of, not make fun of in a mean way, but kind of tease us a little bit because uh, we're there pretty much every weekend when it's open. So we're having some withdrawals oh, right geez. now, but we have, <laughs> we do have our annual passes, and um, I have 
two little girls. I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. So uh, we just get them out of the house and, you know, we go pretty much Saturday and Sunday and we just do two to three hours each day. We don't, we don't do the whole day, but we like to go and ride a ride or so and have a snack and come back to the house. So we are frequent flyers for sure. Man, that is a life. I, <laughs> ugh, if only if I can convince my wife to move down there. Jeez, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, cool. So, I mean, are you a, a Florida, like a Floridian? Have you, did you grow up in Florida? Yeah. So I, I actually am born and raised in Orlando. Um, I have been living the theme park life my whole life. My mom, um, from when I was a baby on has worked in a theme park. She, I think she started at a place called, well, I don't think I know she started at a place called Circus World which no longer exists. Um, so she's she worked there and always in entertainment. My mom is a technician um, by trade. Like uh, she got her degree from UNC Chapel Hill and theater. Um, so she's always been a technician in the theme park. So she did Circus World and then moved to SeaWorld before landing at Disney World um, and has worked at Disney for my entire life that I, um, growing up as a child, I only knew her as a um, tech at Disney and a stage manager at Disney. So I am very well versed. I kind of grew up not only in Orlando, but going to the parks all summer long all weekend long um, instead of you know typically in the summer kids would go to daycare or camps for me my mom would take me to work with her and drop me off at Epcot and I would roam um, all day long by myself <laughs> from probably 10 years old to 15 years old so it is very much the back of my hand both Orlando and the parks so that is just the wildest daycare I've ever seen and <laughs> I I need it I wish I had that <laughs> Man. No, it's very different. Yeah. My husband's like, that is not a normal way to grow up. And I'm no, like, but it's know, amazing. But it's, it's how I grew up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a kid, like, what did, like, what did you think of that? Uh, just being, being at the parks all the time. I mean, I'm sure you were really happy, but like, did you get bored after a bit? I'm just curious. No, I loved it. And um, there used to be a, a musical group at Epcot called American Vibe. I don't know if if you remember them or if um, no. you watched them, but they would perform and I would just follow them around like a groupie, which is really funny in hindsight. I just, <laughs> like, girl, And I would buy their CD. So I just found my own little, you know, world. And I don't know. I really enjoyed being there and um, I enjoy, I'm an only child, so I don't have an issue entertaining myself. I never have. I've traveled alone um, before I was married and, you know, I can still go to the park by myself. I woke up at 4 a.m., not too long ago and went all by myself to see the new star Wars, uh, attraction, the oh, rise nice. of the resistance. Yeah. So I was there like 5am by myself. My husband and kids were home sleeping. So I, you know, I obviously have not gotten sick of it. So, yeah, no, I, it doesn't seem like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, I definitely want to get into what you did, but I'm just curious as like, as a kid, like just going all the time, is there like just one memory that sticks out to you, um, the most, uh, just that from that age? Um, you know, it's funny. I don't have a specific memory. Just it's all a big, happy blur. But I do every time I go back and whenever I'm at Epcot. So my mom's office was behind the Italian pavilion at Epcot. She ran what was called Magic Music Days at the time. So like different schools would come through with their marching bands or their dance groups. And so she was a stage manager for that. And so her office was behind, like I said, behind the Italy pavilion. And so that was kind of our meeting point and that gate. And there's a really nice bench right underneath Italy um, by the coffee place there. And I would always sit there and wait for her or so every time I walk by that bench, it brings me kind of just 
memories of my youth and my childhood. So I would say that's my favorite place. And it brings me, you know, it washes washes me with some happy memories. That, sure. that, that's just amazing. That is a unique childhood if I've ever heard one. Um, <laughs> and I don't know anyone else like it. I mean, that's awesome. But uh, yes, but cool. I'm like a circus baby. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it seems just like. Born into it. Yeah. So, so yeah, kind of, kind of transitioning. So now we know where, like, where your love for Disney came from, and seeing that your mom had worked there for a really long time. So I assume you were just like, okay, well, I'm going to work at Disney too. So kind of <laughs> talk about how you started working uh, over at Walt Disney World. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> as you know, time went on and I got a little bit older. Um, I turned 15. The year I turned 15, Disney had a program called, very creatively, the 15-year-old program. So that was the actual name of the program. What, and it what was, year was this? Sorry. No, that's okay. 2000. Okay. It's a long time ago. All right. Cool. Yeah. A long time. So I'm aging myself here. So. Uh, sorry. Uh, well, you know, I didn't mean to do that. I apologize. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, I wanted to share dates. I don't care. I'm 35. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. But um, so 2000, when I was 15, they had this program called the 15-year-old program. And the basis of it was if your parent worked there, you could work there at the age of 15 and they would attempt to match your schedule to your parents' schedule for transportation purposes. As far as I know, the program did not last very long. I think it just lasted two, maybe three years because as you can probably imagine, scheduling uh, was a bit of a nightmare. Um, but I did get in and I worked in merchandise for two years at the County Bounty um, in Toontown over at the Magic Kingdom uh, seasonally while I was in high school. So basically this 15, I was like, well, I'm going to be here all day anyway, because my mom is just going to drop me off to run around. I might as well make some money while I'm here. So that's kind of how that came to fruition. But um, so I sold merchandise in the big tent and I wore the um, like the bandana shirt with the Mickey's on it and the, the Wrangler jeans and um, yeah, that was my first working experience. It was my first job ever. And I did that for the summers until I turned 17. And then I transferred um, into a new department. But that is how I that is how I got my start with Disney. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. No, I've, I've never heard of that program. I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> so um, I mean, that's, that's, that's really awesome. So like during during those two years, I mean, what was it like? Because um, I mean, now you're in the new the new millennium and, and everything. And I don't know, just uh, kind of share a little bit about that time and uh, what you did, maybe a couple memories from from that from that section. So my memory is college program was still a thing. It was not the juggernaut that it is today. So there, and at least in my experience, there were no other college program aged people in my department or in my area. So I work there with mostly um, just older, older women and older men. Um, so for me, that part was hard because there was no one there my age to relate to. I was very much kind of the baby. Um, and then but I mean, it was okay. It was fun. Um, a little boring for me at age 15. I just wanted to do a little bit more than stand around the store and merchantine. I, I just, I've always been a little bit ambitious. So I found that to be hard just if it, you know, I liked to be busy. Um, so uh, I always liked doing more of like the stock stuff or cleaning. I just, I needed to be busy, not standing behind a cash register. Um, and then I also remember they did have really strict rules for 15 year olds. So like I couldn't work past 
10 p.m. and I couldn't work past X amount of hours. So I remember they could never ask me to like stay late to finish what I was working on. So that part was, you know, frustrating and also kind of nice at the same time. So um, I just remember there were strict rules, not a lot of people my age. And that is what led me to transfer out of that that role. But it was definitely a good start and I learned a lot, but not my cup of tea per se. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so with, were you always matched with like your mom's schedule or like at that point Never. it just, okay. So it just didn't matter. You Never. just got into the program. Yeah. I just got into the program. My mom would drop me, like we would figure out the transportation, but my mom worked at Epcot and I was at Magic Kingdom. So, I mean, I wasn't even in the same park with my mom, which I think it would have been nice to be in the same park. So I could have like met my mom for lunch or, you know, maybe that would have been nice too, but. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't. That's part of the growing process. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but I'm also <laughs> surprised. Um, may, I, I, would, I would figure like maybe they would do that to make it easier for the parent and the child for, for that program. Like that would just it would make sense. Right. Wouldn't it? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of why that is no longer part of, you know, the Disney programming. But yeah. yeah interesting. Well, that's cool. And thanks for sharing something because I've I that's new to me. So that's 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 great. All right. Well, so you said you also uh, after that you were there for a couple of years and you decided you didn't uh, really like it too much and you were just uh, you, you were a go getter. You always wanted to be doing more, so you decided to switch departments. So um, I assume this is kind of now you're you're at a you're at a high school or you're kind of moving. Uh, you're still in high school transitioning, so you moved to a different department. So kind of talk a, a little bit about that. Yeah. So. Um... After 90 days, I believe you are, or six months, I don't remember, one of the two, you are eligible for a transfer. So I had been there for two years, so plenty of time under my belt. And one of the things I saw in Toontown, which is where I worked um, in the County Bounty, was they had the entertainment department there because you can go and you can meet with different characters. Um, and there were different entertainment elements. And I just remember thinking that that looked really fun. So I went to casting to submit for a transfer and obviously going into entertainment is a little more complicated. So there was a, an audition required. Um, and so I ended up going and they ask you about your height range. And um, just because the way that they cast different roles, you know, they try to keep the look similar and the height similar. Um, and so I was asked about my height and I told them, oh, you know, I'm 5'4". And the guy at the casting building, I will never forget. He looked at me and he was like, no, I don't think we're going to send you to the audition. They don't need anybody in that um, demographic right now. Why don't you become a hostess? And I remember saying to him, I absolutely do not want to be a hostess. I'll just leave the company if you don't let me go. Why don't you let me go? I was such a brat, I guess. I remember <laughs> saying to him, let me go to the audition. If I don't get it, I'll come back and we'll talk about another plan. And he reluctantly gave me my little slip. It was like a half a page paper um, with the date and the time. And basically, I mean, it was very old school. So this was 2002. So it wasn't fancy. It was literally like this handwritten piece of paper is what it, in my memory, with like maybe four lines of uh, type on it. And it just kind of says that you can move on to like, the audition process? Kind of like a permission slip from the casting department. Like, okay. oh, you already work here but you're going to go because of course these auditions had out people that didn't work for the company coming in. So there was kind of like two groups of people, people that wanted to change or um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Not transition, but transfer. That's it. Transfer from their current department to this department. And then obviously people from the outside who didn't work for the company who would have to kind of start from the beginning, go to traditions, go to their training. Um, they were also auditioning. So you're in this big kind of cattle call audition with lots of different people. So I remember it was a Thursday, all of their auditions for a long time, I think this might be changed now, were always Thursdays at four. And I remember going to the audition and learning the dance that they taught me. And I remember some advice my mom gave me, because um, of course, like I said, my mom worked in entertainment um, as a stage manager for um, Magic Music Days for that program. One of her friends said to me, you know, the bigger and dumber you feel, the better. <laughs> which is kind of silly. So <laughs> I just kept that in my mind and I was like, just go big. No, it makes sense. Really, yeah, go, you know, bigger than life kind of thing. If you feel dumb, you're doing it right type advice. Um, and so I went with that in my mind and I did end up getting um, pulled at that audition and I ended up successfully transferring to entertainment where I was much, much happier and surrounded by people of my age, people of my energy level. And that started my you know, nine year, eight year career and entertainment. So that's kind of how that happened. Okay. So thankful for kind of thankful for that merchandise job because that's what gave me the the line of sight into the entertainment world and kind of, you know, gave me that itch that I wanted to scratch. So that worked out really well. All right. So so, so and I was no, so real quick, so I want yeah, I just want to touch on the whole audition thing. Like, did you like because that's kind of like theater performance you have to do a little bit in the audition, correct? Yeah. So did you have any Correct. background on that or are you just like, oh, you know, I'm going to go in and wing it because that's what I want to do? Um, I did have dance background. So I did ballet and different styles of dance from first grade to eighth grade. Um, so I did have some familiar, like I was a little bit familiar with the dance steps. Like when they said to do a jazz square, I knew what a jazz square was. Um, you know, I had some musicality that I that I could rely on. So that part was easy. Um, in terms of acting, I didn't have any acting and I was still in high school at this point. So I was 17 when I got into entertainment. So it was my senior year of high school. So I was still seasonal when I went into entertainment. And then when I decided to go to college, um, I did actually decide, hey, you know what? I'm already in this world. I'm going to get a theater degree. So I went to the University of Central Florida and I pursued um, a BA in theater. So I kind of did both of those things for the next three years. I did my undergrad in three years. So I performed at Disney and I went to school for theater. So that was kind of nice. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, after you now, you now have this position in entertainment. So like where, like, where did that lead? What did you first start doing? <clears throat> so <laughs> full circle, a lot of my shifts were in Toontown um, in the beginning and I was friends with, so, you know, I want to preserve the Disney magic. So I was friends with a lot of um, princesses and those types of um, performers. Um, and so I, that sent me to Toontown in the beginning after my training. And I did a lot of um, a lot of sets there um, because, of course, I was seasonal. So I, I wasn't really doing a lot of shows or parades. I was doing more atmosphere type um, performances, if you will. I guess that's how I'll describe um, until I graduated from college, I might need I, a, I might need more detail on the atmosphere performance. Yeah, yeah what what yeah, does that so mean? <laughs> say, yeah. So just you know, when you go to the parks and you see um, different performers in the street, or you can go get in a queue line, and then they'll sign. Maybe you can get an autograph book signed, or maybe a photograph taken. But there's no show element. They're not in a parade. They're not on a stage. Um, so that's what they call like atmosphere. Oh, gotcha. Okay. 
if that makes sense. So no, no, it does. Yeah. Um, to circle around that, but um, yeah. So I did that for a long time. So I was 17, and then I graduated at 22. So 17 to 22, and then I became full time. Um, and then during the summers, because I was able to offer a lot of availability during the summers, I was fortunate enough to learn some of the parade elements. So no shows at this time, but you know there were when I was there. The Spectro Magic Parade was was there at night. Um, so I was able to perform in that parade. And then also the Disney Dream Come True Day Parade at Magic Kingdom. Uh, the one, remember, with the snow globes? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely remember that, yeah. That one. So I, I performed in that parade as well. So I was able to do that while I was still in college. Um, and then um, I was able, once I went full-time, I was able to learn a lot more different types of roles um, All right, across so- property. So yeah, so before we kind of get yeah. there, let's uh, let's kind of take it back because I want to hear uh, kind of more about the atmospheric roles that you did, and then kind of go into the parades because uh, I want to hear just like weird experiences with both. Um, yeah. So with the atmosphere uh, experience that you had, like you were you, you were friends with uh, with some of the characters. So who are you friends with, and like just kind of share some of your uh, experiences uh, with that. Yeah. So I was friends with Cinderella and I was friends with Jane from Tarzan um, in the beginning and those were my two closest friends while I was still in high school so I spent a lot of time in Toontown and then I also spent some time over at Animal Kingdom um, hanging out with those ladies so that was really fun um, really hot um, over at Animal Kingdom but fun mm-hmm. nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> so yes you know doing some you know, going around the parks with the with them and um, meeting friends, so it was really fun. It was nice, uh, very intimate way to connect with guests and to see um, to see the magic through a different lens. I'll say. So, were were there any like memorable stories or times that you had um, during like meeting meeting the guests and talking with the guests at all? So, I'll have one pretty. Uh, I don't know. It's definitely not my favorite memory, but it's definitely a strong memory. So that, that works um, too. And remember, any, any any memories are, are good. So <laughs> so I was young at this time. Remember, I'm still in high school, um, maybe college, and um, I was hanging out in the castle at the Magic Kingdom, and um, a group came in, and they were from England, so they had traveled across the pond, and. Um, there was a throne in the castle in the castle lobby there's a throne and so the man and his girlfriend approached the throne and their whole family went upstairs um, and started filming and lo and behold I don't it's all kind of a blur but you know lo and behold the man gets down on one knee and he's like you're my princess blah 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 whatever his feel was and proposed and everyone started cheering she kind of covered her face and started you know rocking back and forth and what might look like a yes to some people and especially to the family who's filming from far away um and she finally muttered i'm just not ready yet (laughs) it was so awkward and so weird to witness that um oh no and i will never forget it i will never forget it and i think about what what came to be of that family vacation uh, quite fluently, but yeah. Oh man, I can't that even. That was an awkward one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. I'm I'm cringing just sitting here, and that. Yeah, that's gotta be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, Cringe. I, yeah. 
yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they just weren't on the same level before the vacation of like where they were at in their relationship. Uh, um, that's tough. Um, hilarious. Right? Or just but... say yes, maybe, and talk about it later. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, I think, I you, I think you hit it right. Uh, I don't know what happened with that vacation later, but uh, <laughs> hopefully that wasn't the first day. So. <laughs> I know, and a long flight home. I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's, I mean, awful, but funny. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. So, I mean, what? Tell me what else. So, like, what? What? What other? Were there any special events uh, that you you might have uh, done during during that time? Like, uh, uh, Halloween parties, or um, yeah, I think you said you worked in Animal oh, Kingdom oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. So I was at. So the thing is, I mean, it's very global. So some roles, you know, like merchandise. I worked in one store, and that was my store. When you're in entertainment, you kind of you're in all four parks, just whatever your uh, schedule is for that day. It's different every day. There's no, um, I mean, you can bid like in some other roles. I'm not sure um, if some other people have talked about that on your podcast before, but um, if you're full-time, you can go in and bid like your hours. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm exactly. Familiar. So you can do that with, with entertainment as well. So there is some consistency for some people, but you can also bid what's called a pool, which means you're just you get something new every day. It's just kind of the flavor of the week, whatever they need you to do, you do based on your skill set and your approvals. Um, so um, just kind of a very different experience than other roles in the park. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I had, you know, a lot of opportunities. So like I said, in the beginning, I did um, a lot of work at the Animal Kingdom and a lot of work at Toontown, but there were a lot of events. So of course, um, the Halloween event, I definitely got to experience that, which was really fun because they always bring out, you know, fun personalities and Disney characters um, that aren't year round. We, so I definitely we, experienced that. Were you able to um, kind of hang out with some of your friends uh, during the Halloween party? Yeah. Like any anyone specific? Yeah, I hung out with Jane and Tarzan a lot and their friend Turkina would come in and, and do some meet and greets. So that was really fun and special because... Um, that was a treat. Yeah, As, you know, they didn't yeah. normally come to those those events. Okay. Yeah. No. I were so were the Halloween parties always uh, so packed and popular back then as they are today. They were. I do remember them being very popular. And you know, I think if you're going to give candy out and big bins, people are going to come, and it's so safe too, <laughs> because I have two little girls now. I have a three year old and a two year old, and you know, once they're a little bit older and they understand it, I want to go trick-or-treating at Disney where it's safe and fun and, you know, you know the candy you're getting is safe. So, yeah, I think people are attracted to that event. Yeah, no, it's I love it. I was just there again for the second time this past year, and I just wish I could meet more of the characters. I just It's tough because just the lines for them are... It's really long, and you really have to pick and choose who you want to see. So it's it's tough, but it's all right. Um, yeah. Uh, so cool. Was there anything else you want to share from that time? Otherwise, we'll kind of uh, move on to like the the parades and kind of learn how you kind of made the transition going to to that. Yeah, and I mean, there's not really a huge transition. I mean, I'll share. Here's what I can share. I feel like. Within entertainment, I think this is a, a cool piece um, to kind of shed light on. You get to learn different parades and shows based on your abilities. So they do internal auditions constantly. So once you're in the department, that depart 
uh, you go to what's called um, like a color coding experience, which I don't know if I can go into it too much, but basically you go and they teach you a dance and the dance gets harder as uh, the counts um, or as the amount of time goes on. So like maybe the first eight count is very easy. The second eight count is a little bit harder and so on and so on to where maybe the last eight count is, you know, pirouettes and fuetes or whatever. So it just gets a little bit harder. And then they also ask you to animate. And so they kind of judge you and they give you a ranking. And so depending on how skilled you are kind of determines the different shows and parades that they're going to teach you. Um, along the way. So when you watch a Disney parade, you see there's lots of dancers. Those people, you know, they go and they audition for those roles to be able to dance in front of the floats and and do those things. So it is very tactful in how they do it. And so being there for eight years, I went. you had to go to those auditions at least once a year in order to be considered for parades. So that was something um, that I really enjoyed doing. It gave you a, you know, it kind of let you get in front of the casting people and show them what you could do, which was really nice. And then you would get your color code and you could go in and you could um, express interest in different parades and shows. And then according to your ability and your interest, they would create rehearsal list. And then once you went through rehearsals, you were then approved in certain roles and you could perform those roles or you could be cast in those roles. Um, so you could dance in front of the Cinderella float as one of her royal court dancers five days per week. And then maybe there was a two day. So just kind of a little bit of, I guess that's my, you know, some backstage magic. That's kind of how that operation yeah. works at Disney World. It's very different in Disneyland, but that's how it kind of worked, at least during my time. Of course, I say this, you know, 10 years removed from what they're doing now. I left in 2010, so who knows what's currently the process. So No, I remember uh, someone, I think it was a little bit later than you, but they, they also talked about the color coding. This was this was a while ago, sometime last year they were talking about. But yeah, so yeah, no, you definitely explained it uh, very well of, of how that works. So how did that fit to you? Like, did you have a higher color or like what like what was your kind of ability like and what did you end up doing? Yeah, so the top was red, and I was never red, but I was right beneath it. So that worked out well for me. I mean, I definitely was not a prima ballerina. I had, like I said, I danced from first grade to eighth grade, so I could carry my own. Um, and my color code was strong enough to learn pretty much most things on property. Not everything, but most things. So um, I never performed in Festival of the Lion King, of course. You know, those dancers are, you know, top, top shape. But... Um, for the most part, I was able to learn the different parade roles, and I did eventually get to do block party. That was the last thing I did before I left, um, um, which was probably the hardest parade I ever learned, but the most fun. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how that worked. Okay. And you said you, I think you said earlier you were in Spectro Magic. Was that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did Spectro Magic, um, pretty much all, all the roles that I was um, able to in that one. Um, and that was really fun, very late at night. So I remember sometimes they would do like a double spectra where there was one at 8 p.m. and then one at midnight. So, and then I would be in early the next day, maybe 7 a.m. So I would say that the, the hours were definitely the craziest part and I could never do entertainment at my current age with kids. <laughs> I, I know some people do, but the hours are just crazy. I mean, rehearsals are at the middle of the night because of course, they can't have guests in the park while you're rehearsing. Um, so definitely it was a crazy ride, but it was fun. 
No, that's really cool. Um, so yeah, I, Spectrum Magic is just one of my favorite parades, and I just remember seeing it when Aww. I was younger, and uh, I just I want it back, or, or I want like a version of it back. Um, I know there's like the Me paint. Too. I know there's like the Paint the Night Parade, but uh, there's just something about the music that I just love, and um, even the Electrical Main Street Parade um, is great. But uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I wish they would bring. I really wish they would bring more parades back. I mean. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I just, yeah, I just want Disney to have a nighttime parade. Like, uh, I just, I want one of those back. Uh, Because I I actually never watch the parades during the day. I always kind of just let those go by. The I haven't seen the Festival of the Fantasy. uh, What is it? The (gasps) Festival of Fantasy. That's so good. Yeah, no, I heard it. Festival of Fantasy, yeah. Yeah, no, I heard I heard it's great. I just haven't seen it. I just I don't know. To me, I'd rather be doing other things. But hey, if it's like a nighttime <laughs> nighttime parade, I'm there. Like I want to see it. So um, cool. So uh, let's see where where are we at? Any anything else with the the parades? Uh, we have about like 10, 15 minutes left. Yeah. Um, I'll what, give you another insider backstage thing. Yeah, about do it. The nighttime parades. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I want to hear it all. Yeah, and I second, they should definitely bring back a nighttime parade and maybe even a parade to Epcot again, maybe a parade to, to studios again. That would be awesome. But with the nighttime parade, I will tell you, those are some of the heaviest costumes because of all of the lights. Mm, yeah, I, I would mean, imagine. They were <laughs> props. That, so those were definitely the hardest to perform in. Yeah. For now, sure. It, I mean, they were so heavy. So... Um... I mean, do you have, do you know, like the kind of weight it was like, how, like, did it, did you get any injuries from it at all or did it affect you? Thankfully I did not, but, um, I do know, you know, some people probably have some injuries that, or maybe when my back hurts, maybe that's why, I don't know, like probably not, but I thankfully didn't get any injuries. Um, I didn't do it five nights a week ever so that helped but i just remembered when i did do it thinking oh my gosh this is the heaviest coat that i've ever worn like the prop <laughs> that i had to carry was so heavy and um it was such a long parade too because the magic kingdom route is so long it was like a 30 to 40 minute parade and then oh, god yeah. forbid broke down and you're just stuck out there doing you know circles or you know meet and greets in the outfit um Ooh, yeah. did that happen often or no um, towards the end, it did. Yeah, those floats got a little old, so they got stuck a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever, I mean, I'm sure you could YouTube it, but sometimes the floats would get stuck in a, um, they would have to get towed out, like a tow truck thing would come in. and. I have never seen it. it. Yeah, that's why I was yeah, asking. I've never it. seen it, no. Yeah, you could probably YouTube it. I'm sure there's people that have footage because obviously guests are watching i mean it's not it's guest facing that that piece of it but that would definitely slow down the parade so um yeah no for sure um cool so i mean if if that's it for the parades kind of like where we're like what happened next uh in your career over at disney yeah so i guess maybe to um just like wrap up the portion i was doing some of those you know i was doing those parades and then as time as i graduated college and i became full-time i had more capacity to audition more and to express more interest in doing other things and i'll tell you my happiest disney memory as an employee um, and this kind of catapults into the second half of my disney career was um, a phone call that i got from a specific audition so 
back in my time, and I hate that I keep saying that, but it really is true just with the, the climate of change that we live in today. So I just want to be clear that I'm not speaking um, about how things are currently operating. But back in my time, there was a show, and it's still a show called Fantasmic. But in order to perform in it, you definitely had to audition for that show as a separate audition outside of color coding and and whatnot and um i'm, I'm pretty sure that's not the case today i use the color coding for it but do you do you know was, do you know why maybe you had to uh, audition separately for that show like what was the main reasoning i don't know i really don't i mean the show had brown i think it opened in 95 and i didn't audition into until like 2005 so it had like a good 10 year before i came into the scene um I know it was a big deal to the studios and before entertainment was global, it was done park by park. So I think maybe that was the last park to kind of open up its, its processes to the global experience, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's just maybe a guess, but um, I remember, but you had to be invited. So the audition was invite only. So I remember the day and I still lived at home with my parents. That's how you know young I was. I re- and <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, my parents had a like a landline and then you would leave a message on the voicemail box, like a real voicemail box where you would have to hit play and rewind and fast forward and so forth. Like one of those old things. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I remember um, getting home from school or whatever and going and seeing the little light on the voicemail box and I hit play and it was the casting director inviting me to an audition and I I danced around my house in circles like I was the most elated I had ever been it was like the biggest accomplishment I had ever had in my life all I wanted to do was learn that show so um yeah so I went to the audition and well real real, I mean real quick like were you expecting that phone call or was it just out of the blue like no out of the blue like I expressed interest but you know I was part-time at the time so I knew I didn't have a good chance it was mostly dedicated for you know full-timers it was very rare to get an audition as a full as a part-time person so the fact that I was invited to that audition and huge and unexpected and um definitely a game changer for me so I mean, I mean I'm curious what did you talk to the casting director after like what was like the oh reasoning? no 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 no, you don't talk to you. Uh, no, I mean, maybe some people do, but I definitely did not talk to the casting directors. I was very intimidated by them. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I know other people might have, but for me, I was, I was a little bit introverted in that. Gotcha. Area. So you, you were just like, um, okay, no. I'm thankful. Yes. Let me do the audition. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Gotcha. All exactly. right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the audition shows up on my schedule and I attended and then there's a whole like next phase and the rest of my Disney career is kind of defined by that world. But yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so uh, is this something we want to save for the next show that we're going to be doing? Or is there is there a little bit something you want to share uh, on this episode? Um, I mean, I definitely think it's enough. Um, I mean, I spent the rest of my Disney career at the studios, at Disney's Hollywood Studios or MGM or what, whatever you want to call it, um, performing there. So I really didn't see Toontown anymore after that. I didn't really go back to Magic Kingdom much, maybe for a parade here and there. Okay. But um, kind of retired in uh, at Disney's Hollywood Studios doing the parade there and Fantasmic there and some Star Wars stuff and some Power Ranger stuff and just really enjoying my time at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And that's where I, I ended my career with 
entertainment as well so okay all right so we'll definitely we'll say that for for next episode so as we kind of wrap things up on on part one of, of this show um were there any like any other memories or things you might want to share with us, uh, either if it's backstage magic or just something that you learned throughout this process of you being a teenager and then invol- evolving into uh, or transitioning into a full time employee? Anything else you just want to share for this uh, to kind of wrap up this episode? know i mean i will say i grew up there and so a lot of the friendships i made i still have to this day um those were i don't want to call it a fraternity but it kind of was just because within entertainment there's a lot of downtime and so you you know you perform and then you take a pretty long break and during those breaks you are getting to know your 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 peers and you're all fairly young in the same age so you're doing things after work together and you're relying on each other and for me, definitely a time of immaturity, for sure, I would say. So, you know, definitely a lot of growth happened. I made a lot of mistakes, but um, I will say the managers that I had were really, really, you know, open hearted to that. And I don't want to I don't want to say they babysat me, but they kind of did. And they they definitely helped me become the person I am and they helped me become a good performer. Um and, you know, I think a lot of the stuff I learned in that department and with Disney, I use now. So either as a mother or in my in my current corporate role that I have, I definitely rely a lot on all of the lessons and all of the things that I, I captured from my time with entertainment. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, I am just truly jealous of the childhood <laughs> that you've had, how you grew up at Disney um like I did. I, yeah like i said it's it's unique um and i think any disney fan would want something like that uh and um hey maybe one day your children will kind of do that you'll have pass the baton on to them who knows but um yeah who uh, knows i don't know i'm not encouraging i feel like <laughs> i'm a stage mom about it but if they want to go out for it then more power to them it was a great experience for me so i would never deny that from from them no, oh, for if sure. They were interested. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I mean, I think that this is a good place to kind of wrap up part one of our conversation. Um, but before we do that, one of the last questions I always ask. Uh, so I think uh, for you, you're going to need two answers: one for this week and for next week. But I always use uh, Disney background music uh, in the back of these shows. So, uh, but it's always pertained to the guest. So I want to know, like, what is uh, your favorite Disney parks background music? Music, whether it's in Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom, uh, just uh, yeah, what's something you like so we could have uh, in this episode? I'm gonna have to go with Hollywood Studios. And I just love the background music. I love specifically um, the Disney Stars and Motor Cars soundtrack and how they have the announcer, Stone Granite, and just that whole vibe of the citizens of Hollywood and, you know. So you kind of like, like the like the Sunset Boulevard type? Uh, yeah, Sunset okay. Boulevard, Old Hollywood, um, that piece. More so than like the Pixar area and stuff, because that wasn't there when I was there, so... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, sounds good. So, I mean, Carly, this was a great uh, first part of our conversation and I can't wait to learn more next week. Awesome. 
All right. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. All right. Well, we'll definitely uh, chat again uh, in a week from now. And uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, listeners, stay tuned because uh, we got part two coming up, uh, coming at you very soon. So, Carly, thanks again, uh, once again, for uh, coming on today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. Take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Carly, thank you once again so much for coming on this episode, and I'm so happy to uh, sit with you again next week uh, and chat a little bit more about what's going on over in Fantasmic, learning a little bit of what you've been doing at Hollywood Studios as well, or what you were doing over at Hollywood Studios. Um, but if anyone listening out there was a former cast member and would like to be on a upcoming episode of Excess Press, please reach out to me, uh, which you'll learn about in a few seconds. Uh, but just reach out. Hey, just let me know that you want to be on, and yeah, we'll schedule schedule you on a future episode. Uh, but that is gonna wrap it up for this week. Make sure you make sure you stay tuned for part two, which will be coming out next week. So, all right. Well, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, or however you listen to podcasts. Uh, and if you can, please leave a review over at Apple Podcasts. It'll really help out the show. You can find all of our episodes at excesspresspodcast.com. You can also follow me and directly contact me on social media on Instagram at excesspresspodcast. Uh, you can also shoot me an email over at matt at excesspresspodcast.com. Again, you can find me uh, over there if you want to shoot me an email about uh, wanting to be on a future episode or if you have a general question uh, or concern or comment, uh, you can shoot them all your emails over there. Um, and then I also have a video game movie TV show review podcast called What'd You Think? Uh, we could find us on every Wednesday. Uh, all the links are in the descriptions if you want to uh, uh, find us and listen. Yeah, give us a shot. So, uh, yeah, we just kind of have fun and talk about movies and, you know, TV shows. So, uh, yeah, find all episodes over there. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Access Press Podcast, signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs>